Welcome back to Word Seats in the House. Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta coming to you from the Valley Sports North Studios here in downtown Minneapolis. It's a one day in town for me, Anthony. Uh, and you are working the Twins game, but we figured we'd uh, get a podcast done. Yeah, well, I'm glad you swung by. I haven't seen you in like a month. Yeah. Uh, I've been out of town since May 27th. I'm in town one day, and then tomorrow I go to Denver. Um, and man, it's just been a, a whirlwind for me. And I got to cover some great hockey in the Eastern Conference final, a good series between the Rangers and the Lightning. And now, really, I think a, a championship uh, ba- battle between an Avalanche and a Lightning team that that uh, there's just a lot to be excited about. Yeah, I think that's true. And we can get a little more in depth into the into that series. But if you look back on the two previous, it when we talked on our last show, and I think I told you that I, I felt like both series would be over quickly. Mm-hmm. I I thought Colorado and Tampa would both win. I thought maybe there'd be some close games, but that the series would be in one decided in one sided fashion. And we'll start with the one you were covering because I thought that series, the Rangers really surprised me in the first couple mm-hmm. of games. And when you think about the fact that up two games and up two zip in game three, that it was looking it, dire for Tampa. No question about it. And you know, for Tampa to come back and win the way they did was was impressive. I thought it was everything it was built up to be with the matchup of the goaltenders. Mm-hmm. Game one, perhaps the one exception. The rest of that series, wow, did those two guys look good? Yeah, no doubt. Um, and to your point, I mean, I think that the Rangers are going to really dissect that that game three and how they let that slip away. And that obviously was a series there. And then game five in Madison Square Garden, uh, Ryan Strom on you know, probably a broken pelvis or something. He had some major, major injury, uh, misses that one empty net, and uh, and the rest is history. The, the the Lightning go back home and do what they always do, close it out. I, that's true, and give them credit. I, we've talked about this a couple of times. To now have won 11 playoff series mm-hmm. in a row is really amazing. And I always think it's interesting to look back when a series is over and now you've watched a team for four, five, six, seven games in a row – you always learn something about that team that you didn't mm-hmm. otherwise know. And I think we learned a lot about this Rangers club and the fact that they're a lot closer than I think a lot of people thought going into the season. I think there were a lot of people who looked at their roster and said, they're they're coming, they're headed in the right mm-hmm. direction, they've got a lot of prospects. Well, those prospects are pretty damn close to being elite NHL players. And the thing I also learned about them was that their top guns – produce even against the best defensive lines in hockey. And their defensive core, I think, is a little bit better defensively than I gave them credit for. No doubt. I thought when the Wild saw them this year, Adam Fox was a great player and a go, go, go kind of offensive-minded defenseman. And the rest of them, to me, looked just rather pedestrian. I think they're a lot better than that. No doubt. And they got a lot of young defensemen coming as well that aren't even on the roster yet. But you look at Ryan Lindgren and Keandre Miller, I think this was their big coming out party uh, this postseason. I think everybody realizes how good they are. Jacob Truba obviously made headlines with the huge hits and sometimes bordering on on uh, the wrong side of legal, maybe. But uh, he is a heck of a defenseman. And then obviously, as you mentioned, Adam Fox. So then they, they made a great trade getting Justin Braun there stabilize things. We'll see what happens with him as an understreet free agent. But it was interesting. I mean, Heedle coming out, party, Lafreniere, um, he wants to be in the top six, made a good case of it. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with Capo Caco. I, I f- always find it interesting, game six, when you need him most, that you scratch him. I think that uh, will raise some uh, uh, big 
red flags around the league or not red flags, but I think that'll make the sharks come circling that they're going to try to get him this summer because he's a pending RFA and they got very little cap space and a lot of guys to resign there. Uh, not just their restricted free agents, but you, you know, you look at Ryan Strom and, and uh, Andrew Kopp and obviously they added Frank Vitrano there. There's only so much money that can go around. It's a good, good team. It is, but the point you made there about... And they got the goalie. But Yeah, that's a good place to start. But scratching a guy like that, I thought it was interesting how we talked a little bit about it after the St. Louis series and Craig Berube's willingness to juggle his lineup. Yeah. I thought Gerard Gallant was willingness to do the same thing. Yeah. Taking guys that have been together all year, guy, Kreider and Zibanejad, and saying, we got to try something. Yeah. And I think it's, a, it's an interesting... Thing to look at because there are a lot of teams that just hey these are our best guys we yeah. stick with these guys together and you you here you were in season on the line kind of situations and these coaches just aren't afraid to and say John Cooper the same thing he's right. constantly juggling a game and you know maybe yeah, a great yeah. feel for their yep. rosters yep. where look, it's hey yep. this guy with this guy can work yep. and and look to be blunt you know I mean Dean Evison has not had a lot of playoff success at the NHL or the AHL levels and. You know, these are probably maybe learning lessons for him, and hopefully we'll see a different coach that's willing to make those adjustments. You mentioned uh, before, Anthony, about, you know, really until you watch players over and over again not realizing how good they are. Anthony Sorelli is an elite defensive player. I mean, he is right in the conversation with the Erickson X and the, you know, the O'Reilly's and the Bergeron's. Yeah. I mean, obviously Bergeron stands above everybody, but man, is that guy, he made Mika Zibanejad's life miserable at times, which is probably to your point, one reason why uh, at one point in the series, Kreider and Zibanejad were broken up. But Anthony Sorelli, you cannot score when that guy is on the ice. He is so good, and it's just going to be really cool this next round against the Colorado Avalanche. I know we'll talk a little bit more about this series coming up, but to see him go up against McKinnon's line. Yeah, it'll be interesting because if my memory serves during the regular season, Sorelli played with Belmar quite mm-hmm. a bit, and I'm not certain Belmar's the best matchup defensively for that line. Right. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But I, I do think it. there are a lot of in. A lot of intriguing little subtle matchup things in this series that'll be a lot of fun mm-hmm. to watch. And and I think you got the I don't I'm not gonna pretend to say that I thought Tampa was going to be here when the playoffs started because I actually picked Toronto to beat him in the first round. But I think you have the best two teams. Yep. And these these teams should be the two that decide it. And there's always gonna be people that look at those Tampa Bay back to back titles and say, all right put an asterisk next to it. One was in the bubble. One was in a really short season against the Montreal team. that I think we've all learned is not the, yeah, they real, were a fraud. Yeah. Um, and not so a now, fraud, but they, they were a product of the Canadian only mm-hmm. division that got them in there. And, no doubt. And, uh, look, we, uh, and they, they did lose a lot of guys this year, obviously, uh, to, from that team and things like that. But, but to Tampa, um, you know, they, the one thing I'll say about them, just being around them the last week and just listening to guys like Hedman and, Man, especially Stamkos, who's just, uh, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, he looked like he was done in the league, or at least on the on the on the downward spiral of of his on the you know of his career. And here he is right now playing probably the best hockey that I've ever seen him play. And this is a fifty goal scorer, just willing this team. But listening to him talk, they want history. You know, they're the the to be mentioned in the same breath as those Canadian teams in the seventies and the Islanders in the early eighties and those Oilers teams in the mid eighties. Um, uh, you know, maybe Pittsburgh in the early nine. They want to be there, and uh, they. I think that is going to be the big 
you know, the big sort of neutralizing factor with a juggernaut Colorado team is that you have this championship pedigree, the goalie, and then this desire to be great. And I think that's going to be uh, tough for Colorado to compete against. I think it will be. And I also think you have to, if Tampa wins, in my opinion, they they deserve to be listed above a lot of those dynasty mm-hmm. teams because of the way the game is played right now. Number one, the league's bigger. When Montreal is their dynasty, the league's a small league. Mm-hmm. Islanders, the league had grown a bit. It was That was during the 21-team era. But that's a lot different than winning when there are 32 teams out there. Mm-hmm. And then with the salary cap and the parity that's in the league, I believe this is a greater feat than some of those teams winning four in a row mm-hmm. if Tampa's able to finish this. Back-to-back is impressive. I think even getting to three finals in a row is amazing in this era of the NHL. I don't know why any player wouldn't want to stay in Tampa Bay. And, you know, now I look back at those that, you know, when Steven Stamkos had to make the decision between going to Toronto and staying in Tampa Bay, and remember he stunned us all by on the eve of free agency re-signing in Tampa Bay, and then just spending the last week, week you know, I was, what, there three different times, I believe, uh, back and forth. Uh, you know, once five days on the river, lo- overlooking Davis Island, where all these guys live in these giant mansions. I mean, look at look, Google Tom Brady's, uh, or excuse me, Jarrett Jeter's home on Davis Island. Two doors now, and by the way, is Ryan McDonough. Um, what a place to live. And then you take in the no state income tax. You take Hyde Park right around the corner, which you and I have started to hang out at more and more and more. It's a cool, cool, cool area. And it's unbelievable to me the way that, that Tampa has changed in the last several years because when I first started covering this league, that place was no frills. The arena was no frills. Downtown, there was nothing to do, and now it's a pretty – it's a hockey it's a, place. It is, It's a, and it's buzzing. It's When you go down there, it isn't just playoffs either where, you know, now I – Almost every one of these cities now, you've got the crowd out on the patio watching the game on the big screen. And and in Tampa, there's a little excitement out there on that plaza even during the regular season. Yes. This isn't just a, yep. a playoff bandwagon kind of thing. And the area is is a pretty yeah. cool little neighborhood yeah. down there right Inc- by the right. Incredible hotel in the JW. You know that hotel really well. I almost took out your eye once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you should have called a lawyer after that. And uh, for what? What was I going to do? Sue myself for stupidity? Yes, exactly. June twentieth uh, is on Monday night, seven p.m. at Tuttle's. That's the next live show. Um, Anthony will be flying solo. He'll his special guest uh, will be Nate Prosser, uh, co-host of the new Prosbox here on the Talk North Network. Uh, so really, really happy to have Nate Prosser and his brother Luke. Uh, they have already, with our producer Brandon, put a bunch of podcasts in the bank, and it's going to be really cool. One former NHL player, one hockey guy, and Luke uh, Prosser as well, uh, every week interviewing different uh, NHL players, former NHL players, and uh, probably getting these guys to talk because they're going to be disarmed by just the fact that Nate the Great is uh, one of the coolest people to talk to, and I think they'll forget there's a mic in front of them. It'll be a lot of us. Uh, Probably uh, uncensored stuff on there. So Nate Prosser will be joining Anthony at Tuttle 7 p.m. June 20th, and maybe Anthony will bring another guest. Uh, maybe Margo. We'll see. Yeah, that's it's a, your anniversary it's yesterday, anniversary, right? Today, today, happy anniversary. 30, 30 years today. She we deserves cele- a medal. We we celebrated and bathroom. It, right, well, she does deserve a bathroom. We'll get to that <laughs> soon. But yeah, we celebrated it last night with family because I had 
June camp for t- for TG uh-huh. football this morning, and then the Twins tonight. And so we celebrated this weekend with our family. It was terrific, and it's 30 years. It's been an amazing ride. She was willing to take the ride with me for a lot of years in a down a career path that had no certain end of the mm-hmm. rainbow, so to speak. And it's been great. It's uh, wouldn't trade it for anything. And what we've, our fam, we're lucky. We've got an unbelievable family, a great home and life is good. Yeah. Did you remember it was your mom's birthday the other day? I well? did. We had my mom over for, we had her, we celebrated her birthday a little bit early because the week was busy. I had a golf tournament and we had a big dinner at Baltimore and, and then our own anniversary dinner. We invited my mom to the anniversary dinner, but we made sure we celebrated her birthday earlier in the week. Yeah. So had had a birthday dinner on Monday night. Her birthday was Friday. I believe she was, I won't say how old she was, but she's, <laughs> uh, it's a, she's, she's doing great. And actually it, she it, looks younger than she is. She does. And we had a great, I, I bought a quarter of a cow from Justin Morneau who raises cows on his mm-hmm. farm so we bought a quarter of a cow. He has Scottish Highland cattle, and they're all grass-fed. And he's really got an unbelievable setup, like greenhouses where he grows his own vegetables and everything. And so we bought a quarter of this cow, and we've enjoyed it a few of these nights. In fact, we had the bone-in ribeyes last night as part of our anniversary. We also had to pick up a couple extras from Kowalski's because we had more people than there were ribeyes out of this cow. But we've had the burgers with my mom for her birthday. It's It's been kind of fun to yeah. – Try out the different cuts of meat. That's pretty cool. You know whose birthday you did forget? Uh, Michael Russo of The Athletic? Yes. Happy birthday. Yeah, five minutes to go. Oh, I right. did get a text from Margo. Thanks, Margo, for beating the is clock. That when when yeah. was your birthday? Uh, yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Well, I should know that now. I'll just remember it's a day, a before, day before my before anniversary. Yet. Oh, you know whose birthday it is today? I got to text him. Is Val Burray. How about oh, nice. that little... Uh, uh, segue. By the way, if you want to advertise on War Seats in the House, uh, email Karen Cleary, our incredible salesperson, uh, K C L E A R Y at talknorth.com. That's Karen Cleary. It's, this is a great place to advertise on Talk North. And tell us about Kowalski's, Anthony. Well, so we had five of these ribeyes that came out of the cow we had purchased, but I had a few other people coming over. So I stopped by Kowalski's because we needed to have a few more steaks, and they're offering 40-day aged prime New York strips and boneless ribeyes right now, wow. and they are incredible. We had a couple of the boneless ribeyes last night, and it's the the dry age is they they hold the meat at a perfect temperature for that long, and normally, I think this is a little bit longer. I should have asked the guy last night exactly how many days longer it is than normal, but it is unreal how good this ribeye was that I had last night. One of the better ones that I've had from Kowalski's and they never disappoint and those guys will point you in the right direction, but they've just changed. We also had, we've had some seafood from there recently and they've changed where they get it. They really study it, taste it. And in fact, they've gone to a different scallop lately that is a that's the way it's raised is different and the scallop has tremendous flavor. It's been awesome. So it's, I always love trying out the new things, trying out what they recommend. And if you're going to have great food, great meals, great guests, whatever, you got to start with the best ingredients. And for that, go to Kowalski's. And here's a word from Bosch law firm. 
Hey, hockey fans, Jerry Bosch here again from Bosch Law Firm and WorkCompExperts.com. If you're injured at work, it's never too soon to contact the lawyers and awesome staff at Bosch Law Firm. We'll answer all your questions, help you set up your work comp claim, and help you select professionals who will be there to help you, not the insurance company. And with almost 30 years of litigation experience, if your benefits are denied, we'll fight to get you paid. Bosch Law Firm. The call's always free and there's never a fee unless we obtain benefits on your behalf. Call or text us at 651-333-8300 or visit us at workcompexperts.com. If you're thinking about selling your home, now is the time. Now you can get a strong cash offer, sell your home stress-free with a guaranteed offer with Chris Lindahl Real Estate. Don't worry about the hassle of constant cleaning and home maintenance. Sell your home with Chris Lindahl today. Go to chrislindahl.com, fill out a quick form, receive an all-cash offer on your home today. No obligation, and the guaranteed offer allows you to bypass the market and sell your home hassle-free. That means no showings, no open houses, no stress. Just choose when you want to move, and you'll close with confidence. The Wall Street Journal named Chris Lundahl Real Estate the number one real estate team in Minnesota and Wisconsin for closed transactions. One of their clients, Dino, said, quote, we got a guaranteed offer from Chris Lindahl Real Estate in 24 hours above market value, and we got to stay until we found our next home. It was smooth, easy, and stress-free. I cannot recommend Chris Lindahl Real Estate enough. Thanks, Dino. wonder if it was Dino Cicerelli, Anthony. Uh, the Chris Lindahl Real Estate guaranteed offer keeps you in control. It's that simple. Go to chrislindahl.com to get a guaranteed offer on your home today so you can start packing certain restrictions. Apply. Disclaimer has to be included, Brandon. And... Um, I was just mentioning, uh, being in Tampa, Anthony, and, uh, I'll tell you one thing, uh, being on the road since May 27th, not easy again to eat, uh, just every meal out and out and out. But if there's a better, uh, like going to the meat market, they have one of those modern Italian restaurants there in Hyde Park as well. I think it's called Forbici. Uh, I found yeah, a I bunch lunch, of places. I had lunch yeah. there one time. Yeah. That's, I like that spot. Yeah. Found a bunch of places. Did you say hi to the doc that helped me with my eye while we were uh, done? You know there? what? I did not see him, and I was in that arena plenty. Uh, but I will I will look in the Stanley Cup final. They keep us out of that little runway there by the locker room that we usually hang out at, so that's probably one reason why I didn't see him. Um, but uh, let's talk about the – you know what? Let's do this. Let's, uh, let's break it up uh, before we talk about the Stanley Cup final. Uh, let's talk about the Wild. Um, I did talk to um, – uh, a bunch of people this week just making kind of, you know, sometimes even though you're covering the team, when you're on the road, you feel like you're sort of away from it. But the one thing I will say is it has really been quiet around here. Um, th- there really hasn't been much movement. They've just started really getting um, into their restricted free agents, looking at re-signing, obviously, Connor Durer and Jake Middleton. Um, they uh, are starting to take calls on Kevin Fiala. I know that for a fact that a couple GMs have called to k- at least kick tires. Um, but I, th- I get the sense, Anthony, as usually it happens, is that, you know, they don't like big. I mean, we're seeing with all these coaching changes, too. They don't love when big news happens during the Stanley Cup finals, during the Eastern Conference finals, during the Western Conference finals. So I've got to think that as we get toward the end of the series and between that little week between the end of the Stanley Cup final and the draft, that that's when things are going to start heating up, not just on the Fiala front, but around the league well, as a whole. It has to with how condensed it is this year. When the Stanley Cup ends, the draft and free agency is it's here, and it's crazy how short the off season really will feel. And you know, you, I, that's why I'm always just amazed at these teams that continue to do this year after year after year, and that and that's their off season. But for the management teams, I mean, if you've got teams that are still trying to fill coaching vacancies and 
And a lot of times you'd like to have that guy in place before you make some of those final moves, I'm sure. Yep. But, boy, what I mean, it's finals are going to start on, what, the 15th? I mean, even if it's a fast series, you've got a week. Yeah. And, and then the it's The latest day, game seven would be the 28th. So, yeah, it's, it's going to happen quick. Um, you know, I, I still get the impression that Kevin Fiala is on the move. Um, that's everything I'm hearing. And if, as we've talked about, if you take uh, Bill Guerin for his word and that he's not trading Matt Dumba, there's just a few things else that you could do to make bigger, more significant moves this offseason. So, you know, I don't think that they're going to suddenly go out and be able to afford like a Nazem Kadri or something like that. So it's going to be interesting what happens. The other thing, Anthony, that's going to be interesting is still what's going to happen with the goalie front. You know, they are going to, if Marc-Andre Fleury decides to move on and go elsewhere, you have Cam Talbert, who turns 35, I believe, in July. You're not going to go into the season with him and just your regular traditional backup. I've got to think they've got to get some sort of 1B in here to split games with him. I agree. And all that stuff has to happen fast. Yep. And it, unfortunately for Billy, you're really at the mercy of what other teams are thinking because both on the trade front, whether it be Dumba, Fiala, or anybody else for that matter – if all of a sudden the phone rings and it's the right offer, anybody could be on their way out. And and that might change in a blink of an eye without a ton of time to adjust to plan B or plan mm-hmm. 1A or 1B, 1C, whatever it could be. And Flurry is the interesting one because if he really is going to take this to free agency, which he said he's going to, you better have plan B in place and virtually a lock because if – that if that if Flurry signs somewhere else, you can't have let all the other options go elsewhere before seeing where Flurry lands. That's why I think it'd be interesting when the Wild are in Montreal. Uh, my, you know, I, I've got to think that Bill Guerin is going to have to sit down face to face with Mark Andre Flurry and get a sense then if he's coming back. And if he's not, he's going to have a week to get ready for free agency and try to get a uh, goaltender. Um, you know, back to the Fiala thing, it's going to be really interesting. You know, look, I, I have long thought that they're not going to get a haul for Kevin Fiala. I think that, you know, if they could make, get a high top 10 first round pick, they do that straight up. Maybe you get a first round pick and a prospect, something like that. Um, but it's not going to be just piece after piece after piece for Kevin Fiala when he's 25, a pending restricted free agent one year from unrestricted free agency and the entire league knowing that you can't afford him. But what now makes things more difficult from Bill Guerin's perspective, Anthony, is potentially the flood of now other top six forwards on the mar- market. You know, Mark Shifley. Um, there's lots of talk now that David Pasternak can be on the move. Alex DeBrinkett in free agency of Johnny Goudreau out there. Um, and then you have a lot of really quality guys, the Claude Giroux, the Andrew Copps, uh, players like that. So uh, that really could affect the, the Kevin Fiala sweepstakes and make life even more difficult on Bill. For certain, and I think your earlier point is the best one, is that whenever teams know or think they know that you have to make a trade, Mm -hmm. the market goes down. There's no question about it. And everybody can do the math. Everybody knows that Billy has to move somebody. But that's why I think I've always felt it isn't quite as much a no-brainer as everybody thinks, only because when you're in that kind of a market, there's a real good chance that all of a sudden you start getting calls that are, well, this is nowhere close to what we think we should get for Fiala. Mm-hmm. And if you might just get better deals to move other pieces, I still think, I'm not saying I think the odds have swung where Fiala is going to stay, but 
you know, if it would be different, if somebody's calling saying, "Hey, we're going to give you a couple number ones and a prospect," well, th- those that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dangles Norp, let's go through some Twitter questions, and then we'll uh, talk about the Stanley Cup final. Um, how would this team be, have been different if they had re-signed Ian Cole? Um, I think both sides probably wish they were a little more patient. You know, the Wild put all their eggs in the um, Nick Foligno basket, and then when he took a while, Ian, I think, got real worried and just decided to take the, the deal that he, in Carolina, a deal that, in hindsight, probably would have been available for him once Nick Foligno uh, didn't didn't sign. Um, how would they be different? I mean, you know, obviously Kulikov, Merrill, I mean, all that was the what they signed for him. I mean, what do you think? I don't know that it would have made a big difference. I think John Merrill ended up being a great signing. Cole, maybe he's a, an upgrade from Kulikov, but I, those guys were good for most of the season for Minnesota. I didn't think Kulikov was great down the stretch and in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. John Merrill ended up, I think he was, he exceeded my expectations of mm-hmm. what I remembered of him as a player coming in and seemed like a great fit. And obviously they decided to keep him around. Cole was a solid, sturdy player, but he wasn't a he wasn't a game changing defense. But he was just a sturdy, reliable guy. Yeah, but and hey, theoretically they can try to bring him back this off season if uh, they make a move uh, by trading uh, Kulikov again. Merrill's got the injury, so that could uh, delay him his readiness as well. But they got Kalen Addison and they resigned Alex Kalagoski. Greg, the hockey guy, asks uh, why didn't Billy sign Fiala last year to a longer term when he was more affordable? Uh, well, he wasn't. Um, I get the idea Billy isn't a Fiala guy. I'm losing faith in wild leadership, as is always the case. It seems, all right, this guy's not very happy. But to his point, I mean, it wasn't – he turned down three times six last summer. Uh, the Wild can't afford six this summer. They couldn't afford six – you know, that was what they offered last year. So, um, look, uh, you know, this cap crunch was coming no matter what, and um, they they went to their max in terms of what they felt they could offer last summer. So this is, you know, the, he wasn't – I mean, if you think he could have gotten him at four or five last summer, it's No not chance. Ha- yeah. No. And, I, I mean, who knows? We weren't in the negotiations. Would he have taken four or five if you gave him more term? I don't no. think so because <laughs> he wanted free agency at an earlier age anyway. Yeah. So – I mean, he was looking for either the kind of deal they were giving Kaprizov or a, a short-term deal. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I also think at that point, Fiala wasn't a no-brainer. Yeah. He just wasn't. And I mean, I'm not saying even now he's a no-brainer, but he certainly proved that he was worth it, would have been worth it with how he played this year and how he scored this year. And now he's, it was a one-year bet-on-yourself kind of contract, and he won the bet. He had a great year. Kazoo Boy asks, uh, what are the odds we ask Spurgeon to waive his no-move and shop him uh, zero? Uh, is, there a, there? is there a less than zero? Yeah, I know. Um, Mini, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying they are not moving Jared Spurgeon. Um, Mini asks, uh, what is a reasonable return for Fiala? We just talked about that. Uh, Jake Berglund, let's see. Uh, thoughts on Flurry returning to the Wild next season or even returning to the Central Division? Um, you know, does, does it make sense to you that the Wild are so interested in resigning him? It just it feels like they absolutely you know, love him. Well, it's a little bit of the now you know for certain kind of thing with the personality and how he fits around this team and around the room. And it's a about as big a known commodity probably as there is among any of these goaltenders that would be available. Mm-hmm. So for those reasons, maybe. 
I still think that if it's flurry, the only way it works is if it's flurry and Talbot somewhere close to a even split over the course of the season. And that might work. I don't know what it'll do in the playoffs, but it might work in the regular season. Uh, John asks, uh, who would you take, uh, Kadri or JT Miller, if both are available? Um, I would take JT Miller. Yeah, it depends on what you're looking for and what you need. If you're Colorado, Kadri might be the better fit. Yeah. If you're Minnesota, JT Miller might be the better fit. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it really depends on the rest of your roster. JT Miller is a he is a better player than a lot of people realize, and maybe he gets lost a little bit in Vancouver. But he, that guy is he's a complete hockey player. There's I'd say for most teams, JT Miller is a better would bring more to the table than Kadri. But in Colorado, Kadri's exactly what that team needs. Right. Uh, Kip asks, can you please continue to explain that things would be worse without the buyouts? Writers consistently say the, F- the Wild need to trade Fiala because of buying out Parisian Suter, which is not true. No, that is absolutely not true. The Wild actually have a break because of buying them out. Uh, remember, they both made $15 million. They're getting charged 12.7 this year. This cap situation would have been there. Where they where they made their bed was when they decided to invest in Zuccarello at six, paid def- the defenseman. Six and six for Brodine and Dumba, seven point five point seven five or whatever it is for uh, for uh, Spurgeon. When they all- allocated funds, in, you know, to the blue line at that hefty price, added Zuccarello at six million. Um, Kaprizov comes here and becomes a nine million dollar player when there's zero chance they ever thought that would happen in year two. Um, that's where uh, the field. Really, what do you think? Let, let's. If I wonder if you would ever be able to get. Billy to say what he really thought it would take after one year to get Kaprizov signed before the year started. Yeah. So not after when the negotiations started, but when he started as a rookie, I'm sure as Billy always said, we've got our plan. We know what we're going to do. We've got our plan. There's no way he was thinking it's going to cost me nine million no per next year to get Kaprizov. That was the, that was what the you, game what changer. You, what do you think the number was? I think I think before the season started, I bet you that he thought, all right, if he has a really quality season, he'd be a $5 million player at max. I mean, this is a record-breaking deal. This is the shortest service time in NHL history for a guy that's, you know, for this type of money. I right. Mean, it's, it's, I was it, thinking five or six, yeah. and, and five or six probably on a shorter-term deal. Yeah. And instead, I mean, you're right away after one season, basically offering the max yeah. term yeah. that you could offer. And remember, when they started offering nine million a year, it was over an eight year term. They never thought it would be at five. They thought it would come down and down if it was. That. And then you know, obviously, he held to the very end and put the Wild in a position to pay him. Uh, Nick Maka asks. Uh, how much, if any, actually, this is uh, what we just talked about. Does Alex DeBrinkhead entering the trade market affect the p- while potentially dealing Fiala for a high pick? I do think it changes things. Um, you know, I, I just, the more, the, not the merrier when you're Bill Guerin if the market is flooded. Um, Bert Carter, a uh, friend of the program, goes on our Europe trips every now and then. Anthony, he asks, the Orioles have one of their beat writers doing color on the TV broadcast for a few games this week. Any interest if the situation would arise? And would even would Anthony even allow it of having me do color with you? Oh boy. Well, number one, I'll answer the back part of it first. I don't think anybody'd be coming to me to see if I'd allow it. Uh, I'm not, that's above my pay grade, above my authority. And you know, there's 
why not? You can come up there and hang out. Although you got to remember that if you say something that Wes doesn't like, you're going to get the scowl from Wes. Right. And that's he. That probably wouldn't go over well. So we'd have it would have to be a night where you'd you know, maybe you'd have to hire somebody to sideline Wes and carts for a day or something. I, yeah. You know, we'll Dan we'll Wood, see. Uh, the old or uh, so he worked for the San Jose Mercury News, and I think he went down to the Orange County Register to cover the Ducks. So he covered the Sharks and the Ducks. He's been the longtime radio color analyst for. Um, for, uh, 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 you know, the, whatever the radio station is that does ducks games. He's been there for a long, long time. Former beat writer. Isn't that um, Kate, is it KOA? That yeah. Does games? Um, I listen Steve to him Carroll. sometimes on the um, radio on late yeah, night. And, you know, and so when you do that, you're different. There've been other, uh, writers as well that have done color and things like that. Uh, you every know, writer Ross, thinks they yeah. can be a TV guy. Yep, exactly. <laughs> we sh- and, and we're right. Uh, <laughs> Cree Keys uh, asks, uh, was not Philip Johansson more about uh, not signing Philip Johansson more about wanting the player or just wanting a compensatory draft pick or something else? Um, if people missed it, uh, Philip Johansson, the 2018 first round pick that the Wild Cut loose on June 1st, he signed a two year deal with the Canucks today. Um, so good luck to Philip Johansson. Um, it, I, you know, am, I've always been somebody that thought that maybe the Wild should give him a chance, but clearly in this case, what the Wild uh, decided and evaluated was they feel that what Judd Brackett can get with that second round pick is going to be a better player than what Phil Johansson will be in the National Hockey League. That was just what they assessed. So they decided to, um, you know, take that compensatory second round pick. If uh, they didn't get that compensatory second round pick. I guarantee you they would have signed Philip Johansson. It was worth that type of flyer. But what happened is that made him a free agent. He was going to sign with somebody. So that's not, um, I, I don't think that that is a, a shock by any stretch of the imagination. I want to tell everybody about Aquarius Home Services. Aquarius Home Services has helped home and cabin owners all over Minnesota go ductless. From the installation process down to the precise level of cooling and heating control, ductless cooling and heating systems are custom fit for your home and cabin. Ductless mini splits are great for those hard-to-cool or heating places, like your attic, your basement, additions, renovations, sunrooms, garages, whatever. Take advantage of the Aquarius's spring special up to $1,000 off a new ductless cooling and heating system. Where do you start? Contact Aquarius for a free in-home estimate. Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recommended. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. And don't forget to mention that Russo sent you. Here's a word from Royal Credit Union. Less fee, more free. Take the checking account challenge from Royal Credit Union. Compare your checking account to Royal and see why it makes sense to switch. Royal's checking accounts have no hidden fees and lots of free features that make it easy to stay on top of your money. You can deposit checks with Royal's mobile app, receive real-time notifications when transactions happen, and even freeze your debit card in seconds. See what other features you're missing out on and make the switch to a Royal checking account at rcu.org slash royalchallenge, insured by NCUA. Back here, worst seats in the house, Mike Russo, Anthony LaPanta, final segment. We're going to talk about the Stanley Cup final. Again, June 20th is the next live show. Nate Proster will be Anthony's guest over at Tuttle's in Hopkins, 7 p.m. So please join uh, Anthony and Nate then. Uh, it's always good to have Nate Proster on the program. That is June 20th at Tuttle's, 7 p.m. And if you want to uh, advertise on this podcast, you can contact Karen Cleary at kcleary, C-L-E-A-R-Y, at talknorth.com. Dot com. So MJ says, happy belated birthday to Russo. Happy anniversary to Anthony. Your predictions for the final round of the playoffs. Anthony, your prediction first. 
You know, I haven't, I hadn't really thought about what a final prediction would be. So this is a going to, I've thought about the series and the matchup. I think I would go Colorado if I knew for certain that what they were going to do in goal. Mm-hmm. But the instability there, which is not surprising right. with Darcy Kemper involved, it's all there's always instability, it seems. And I'll still take Colorado. I just I think yeah. this team this year is I think they just look different than everybody else. I do think it'll be a really a tough series, but I'll take the Avs and maybe not full seven. I'd say Avs and six. See, I have Avs and seven. Um, I think Cal McCarr wins the Conn Smythe. I think Gabriel Landeskog gives the cup to Eric Johnson second. That's been, that was one of my predictions in the Athletic yesterday. Um, I, I agree with you. Like you know, to me the goalie situation is interesting. But the one thing with this Colorado team is they can outscore their goalie mistakes. And the question is, can they get to Vasilevsky? Can they outscore them when Vasilevsky and, and, and that is, is the in big goal. thing. I mean, uh, you know, I think it's very important that Tampa Bay take advantage of this uh, this maybe rust that Colorado will have and come out strong in Game One. Um, I could see that one being a high-scoring affair. But the one thing that's interesting about the Lightning, Anthony, is they are like a throwback team to like three years ago. <laughs> a throwback to three years ago when the league wanted to win games 2-1, 3-2. They could still play that style. They buy in defensively. It's, they can, as they but say, didn't you think to the what end. was interesting was in the first couple games of the Rangers series, mm-hmm. I thought they looked tired they looked yeah. slow. Well, I and, think that was the rust. And it you might know, have been. A nine and day so that's off. what it will be interesting to see yeah. if Colorado experiences yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Um, I, you know, because they just eventually what they got down to was their bread and butter. They started managing the puck better. They were so bad in Madison Square Garden. Games one and two, throwing pucks away. Kucherov, you know, especially. Um, and players like that. Hedman looked really, really, um, you know, mediocre, really, the first two games of the series as well. But then they just found their footing and they just went on the attack. And then, But they really made it life difficult, even strength, against the Rangers. Uh, in the last three games, Rangers scored one even strength goal. How about... Andre Vasilevsky, though, in closeout games, eight in a row, he's given up two goals on 221 shots. It's crazy. Yeah, I saw those numbers during game six the other night. At that time, the I think it was 0.14 goals yeah. against and like 99 or 98.9 yeah. save percentage or something. It's unreal. And it, it's right up there with those stats we were talking about with just the fact that the Lightning have won 11 series in a row. Yeah. I mean, when you've got a guy there who's delivering knockout punches like yeah. that, well, you could see why now, but there's. I saw we had a couple of questions from fans about when you watch these series. Do you what do you realize that the Wild might be missing? And when you watch a team that has that kind of will and that kind of championship pedigree on their roster, that's what nobody has. Not just the Wild. That's what no other team in the NHL has. No doubt. And a coach that is so incredibly poised. You probably didn't get to see a lot of him because you were in the arenas, but the interviews in games, he was interviewed when they were down two zip in game three. And the way he was, yeah, yeah, this is what's going wrong. This is what we got to fix. This is, you know, we're okay here. We're not okay there. I just thought, Holy cow. I mean, even the fact that he's doing the interview yeah. was mildly surprising. Yeah, he's very uh, – he's just got this this way about him. I mean, even when you ask him X's and O's questions, he'll sit there and explain to you how they have to defend that juggernaut of a power play that the Rangers have and things like that. He is so uh, just cool to deal with. I, you know, that's that's what I got to say about him. Um, how about Pat Maroon? I, did, I talked to his parents the other day, uh, Phil and Patty Maroon. That was a treat. If you haven't read that story in The Athletic, go read that. Uh, the parents are hilarious. Um, but how about this guy? He has won 
15 consecutive playoff series going for his fourth Stanley Cup. His mom says he's going to do it. Could you imagine that? Like, that you're just like, all right. Every, every year you step on the ice, you know you got to have a great, great chance of winning the Cup. He goes, you know, hometown kid, goes to St. Louis after, you know, some lousy teams that he played on in Anaheim and Edmonton. Goes there, wins a cup in his hometown. You think he's just going to go down as this Blues hero forever, but now I think anybody just identifies him as a Lightning player. And, and then Corey Perry is in a third straight Stanley Cup final, Anthony, but two after losing to the Lightning with Montreal and, and uh, Dallas. Now he's with the Lightning and trying to win his first one. There's well, a, he won one with, uh, with Anaheim, but his first one in his three. Right, and there's always such great, interesting stories like that, guys that just always seem to find their way into the postseason. I mean, I always just think about Brian Boyle that way. We're like, wherever he landed, they'd wind up in the playoffs, and he'd wind up somehow, some way, playing a significant role on a team in the playoffs. And there are guys like that all over the league, it seems, that they just there's something that they bring to the table that certainly shouldn't be overlooked and Boy, I just when you said that, it just reminded me of that. Those are the two playoff wins that Tampa's had: were Dallas and Montreal yeah. in the final. Yeah, that's why this one. I think you know, for them to be historically, you know, elite, I think they do have to prove themselves here because then everybody can look at them and say, "All right, they went through a through a, a, a full eighty-two game." You know, yeah. Four I round. will say though that when you think about it, one of those they had to win five, essentially win five playoff series, right? Right, and. The, whereas like Montreal during the seventies, they were only those were only three playoff series because I think there was an eighteen team era for a while there where it was three in each division made the playoffs mm-hmm. and I remember a couple of those years I think Montreal only lost like one game in three playoff series and go like yeah. twelve and one and yeah. win the cup and I mean not to those were great teams but it's different when there's eighteen teams in the league. Hedman versus McCarr, how exciting will that be? It'll be exciting. McCarr's been better defensively in this yeah. in this postseason than I had seen. I guess. his skating ability is it's Crazy. amazing. He's like Connor McDavid on defense yeah. with the way he loses players yeah. and creates space in one step. Sometimes, yeah. Um, Hedman, you know, he, he uh, there was. Just, I mean, maybe he just uh, we've gotten so almost, um, you know. Uh, we started to take him a little bit for granted because he was so dominant, especially in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he didn't really show me a ton last round. Uh, it's going to be interesting to him this round because he is going to have I thought to, he was really good late yeah, in the series. Yeah, and he's going to have to in this series obviously be unbelievable because that team, that's the one thing with Colorado is it's not just their ability to score up front, but they can defend now. I mean, with McCarr and obviously Taves and Eric Johnson playing really, really well, Bowen Byram in there. Unfortunately, Gerard's out for the playoffs. Um, but that is a really, really good team, and this is going to be a great, great playoff. Uh, what's, so you think uh, Avs win, but in six? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Avs in six. I think there will be some exciting games within the series, but I think it's I think Colorado is going to force Tampa to play a little bit faster style. I don't think Tampa's going to be able to grind out two-to-one wins in this series. I agree with you there. Uh, you know, it felt like that was an under-series last time. This one will be right on that brink of over-under, uh, I would think. Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, NHL History Girl asks, uh, what is your clutch coffee order? Uh, mine would be in Americano. I know that's yours, right? It's, I like these Nacho Cobras, too. I've gotten into them. Yeah, I'll have some of those for sure in the summertime, and, and oftentimes later in the day I might have one of those instead of an Americano, but... It's, I'm a creature of habit. It's a five shot Americano with a little room, no cream, just the room. And 
it's we have one in the morning and one on the way to whatever game I'm covering that night. Yep, I agree with you there. Um, last question: the podcast. Mark wants to know your favorite cut of steak. Mine's a filet mignon. It's yours. I'll go with the ribeye, and most times I'd say it's the ribeye, and I love the. I'll take the flavor over the the texture of a filet. I mean, the filets are so tender, but I, I'll trade a little less tender for a little more flavor. So I'll take the ribeye, and the bone-in ribeye is my all-time favorite. Uh, fun podcast, uh, Anthony. It's nice to see you face-to-face for the day that I'm in town, the only day this month. Uh, soon, hey, we're going to be going to Europe soon. Yeah. Uh, again, June 20th, uh, 7 p.m., Tuttles. Uh, definitely come out to see Anthony and Nate Prosser, who debuted his Prosbox today with Luke Prosser, his brother. Uh, the guest was Devin Dubnik. Uh, today on the uh, debut edition of the Pross Box. Thanks to our incredible sponsors here on Worst Seats in the House. That's Kowalski's Bosch Law Firm, Chris Lindahl Real Estate, Aquarius Home Services, your local authorized dealer for Connecticut Water Treatments, Royal Credit Union, that is less fee, more free. Of course, uh, the Tuttle's Restaurants as well. Talk to you next week, Anthony. Sounds good. So much coming.